Welcome to the Rooted Podcast. This is Marcus. And Kat. And today we're going to be reviewing Eric Swanson's testimony. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I just want to affirm again why we're doing this, uh, the podcast and um, the series rooted in general. Um, we are here to affirm and to encourage um, the saints. Again, there's so many different uh, theological podcasts out there, so many shows and YouTube channels that um, can inform you and educate you um, specifically on certain doctrines which hopefully you'll definitely get that from this as well. But for the most part, uh, we're here to encourage um, the body of believers um, by sharing what God has done in our brothers and sisters' walks. Um, Again, whether it's the radical transformation, that Damascus Road conversion, or the seven-year-old who hates sin so much that they cry or the seven-year-old who just realizes that they need a savior um, at that young age, um, no matter what, it was a radical transformation in my eyes because we were all dead in sin and fall short of the glory of God. Um, So that's the heart in it is that we want to encourage people. We want to share um, and open up. And we believe that that will encourage true fellowship where people can hold each other accountable Um, So many people hate talking about sin or even their past because they're kind of afraid to get judged or um, they don't even think they have one. But if you are a believer, you have one. And um, also, um, we would encourage to share that and confront sin. And and really, no matter how bad your past is, that just gives even more glory to God. Um, Don't be ashamed. Um, You know, we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of anything after the cross because God saved us, um, these undeserving, wretched people. So praise God. And uh, I just want to encourage people to uh, continue to share with each other and uh, hold each other accountable. And if you even hear us say something uh, that you're like, ah, did you mean to say that? Um, you know, hit us up. You know, that that's part of it. Keep us accountable. You know, I think all pastors... Um, should be held accountable. You know, people are always um, kind of in this in this season of the church uh, pastor worshiping, or they or they don't even know what it means to hold a pastor accountable. Um, and we're not pastors here; um, we're just brothers and sisters that that love the body. Um, but definitely, uh, you hear something, and you're concerned, or you want to know something more, and you're you're interested in what we're saying, or uh, want to hear more from about uh, one of the people that give a testimony, hit us up. You know, we want to be available for you. So hit that Facebook message button, that Instagram, um, what is the DM, and, you know, or YouTube comment, 
and then just slide right in. <laughs> so that's thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, and also be sure um, you can um, support our ministry on um, Patreon. You can look us up, the uh, Rooted Family Tree. So definitely we would appreciate it. Uh, we love y'all, and we hope that this can be a blessing for you and your family. So um, let's let's go ahead and uh, slide into Eric's uh, testimony. Um, I'd love to hear, Kat, what is, uh, what's the theme or, you know, the major theme that you heard from Eric's testimony? Hmm. I think his is similar to Elliot's where it's going back and being revived in God's word and being sharpened by the saints because he was also, um, convicted of his sins at an early age. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I feel like as parents, um, believing parents, is that we do want to try to put them in like Awana and we want to see them grow up in the church. But it is a good reminder that it is not these programs that save our children. Like even though we do Awana, we still need to guide their hearts, shepherd their hearts, talk to them. And Eric's dad um, was an elder and it seemed like they, you know, were doing Deuteronomy 6, just raising them up. Um, in the Lord, and they were doing all of the quote-unquote right things. And you can hear that in his conviction when he was younger, but there were still things that pulled him away um, from the Lord. Uh, whenever he was an adolescent, there's just our rebellious nature, our sin nature of rebellion at in that age. Mm -hmm. And um, he said that he got caught up in stealing and who knows what it was, but it just shows you that no matter what, it is not Awana that saves us. It's not being a friend of a pastor's kid that saves us. It is truly just the word of the Lord that just chips away at our soul and convicts us. Because even he had a fear of man from his dad. He was so afraid of uh, getting caught and telling his dad, like, hey, uh, this is wrong. I mean, gosh, Asian fear. I can't imagine. If I did that, my my parents would kill me. Um, but that's still such a, it's not strong enough. You know, like fear of man is not stronger than the Holy Spirit um, in the word to convict you of truly being sinful and going to hell. Yeah, and I'd actually like to add, uh, fear of man, <clears throat> even being a motivator, uh, whether it's uh, even in good intention, uh, fear of man is an idol. So you're afraid of what the pastor's gonna look at you like. You're afraid of what a brother or sister in Christ is gonna look at you like. Um, like so behavior modification is an idol. Again, if you are a born again believer, you are free in Christ. And you know, we're reformed. And, um, you know, so a, a lot of people in our circles, I think there, there can be a tendency to be legalistic and there can be a tendency to keep up with the Joneses. Uh, there can be a tendency to be afraid to talk about sin at any kind of walk pattern. And uh, the reason is because, well, I mean, if, if I'm struggling in this, am I a Christian? Yes. People struggle. And some people struggle more than others. Um, and I think we need to be, and just because you brought that up, I just want to make sure people know that we can have assurance. And we, we have 
um, God, Jesus's blood has been marked us. And depending on where you were before Christ or you know how long were you struggling with some sins, um, God will work at that out. But just know that he who began a work in you will complete that, right? And uh, to get back to uh, Eric. Well, yeah. Let me say this. When I was first a believer, I remember being at our Bible study in West Valley and just hearing the prayer request of honesty of like, hey, I have a lot of pride. I'm dealing with um, the idol of comfort. Just these really honest things that I didn't even think were sins at the time as a baby believer. But just hearing them really try to, you know, um, purge any kind of sin, just being ultra vigilant in creating a clean heart um, and asking that from the Lord. It was so encouraging for me that, wow, we really are so wretched. And I would say if you are a mature Christian, these are this honesty is really important for especially new believers, that we do have these tiny socially acceptable sins that we don't even think are sins that we don't even need to call out. But yes, it does need to be called out. Later in uh, Eric's testimony, he talks about just going through the motions. And that is almost more dangerous than being in the world because then no one can reach out to you. It makes you numb. It makes you numb. It, it, it hardens your conscience. And um, that, hey, what I'm doing is fine. It's harder to uh, to tell someone who's in the church that, hey, you're not a believer. I think you're wrong in this, uh, especially when they grow up in the church. There's just layers and layers of pride because they do know a lot of head knowledge, but there's no heart change there. Yeah, there's a lot of quote unquote cultural Christians um, that familial, oh, my parents are Christians. I grew up in the church, so you know, I'm a Christian. That isn't a hereditary trait, you know? So we were adopted by God. It wasn't something that was just passed down. He said it, so, he said it. Exactly, yeah, we're rooted in the faith, not not the, the bloodlines. So um, yeah, and then I just wanted to point out Deuteronomy 6, right? Uh, verse six is these words, which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall uh, talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So, um, and of course, that's just following the Shema. But, you know, we're supposed to be teaching our children. We're supposed to be diligently going at them uh, with the word of God. So we can't rely on Sunday school. We can't rely on Awana or after school programs, you know, and sure, people are busy. And uh, we're not just, you know, picking on people with busy schedules. We have a busy schedule. Um, and sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes you're tired. You know, we have five kids. So it, it can be a, a jungle over here. But, um, you know, parents are responsible for the children. And uh, we don't save them. Neither does the church. You know, ni neither, n nothing does out apart from God. So And hearing God's word, yeah. number one. You can you can share the gospel, but until the word chips at them and really convicts them, it's it's not it's it's it will grow on shallow ground and, and wither. Yeah. So only the word, the creative power of God, the creative power in Jesus Christ will make a new heart 
Um, and, you know, children can come to faith. Children can have that same faith that we have. They won't be able to articulate it quite as well. They won't be able to know, understand the doctrines. They like understanding them or uh, having them explain the hypostatic union or going into the uh, you know doctrines of grace. I don't think that's going to be something articulated well. But um, when they when you know that a child believes in Christ and what He has done on the cross, it, it's a beautiful thing. So. Um, yeah, so I think that's that, that was great. I, I agree. That's a lot of the same notes I took from that in terms of, uh, you know, his working and be the fear of man. And then uh, just seeing leading up all the way to, you know, I think 18 years old is when he said he was saved. So, um, you know, just be just have that endurance as parents. You know, I'm sure a lot of you all that do listen and have kids. Um, don't, don't just expect them at 11 years old to get it or act a certain way. Again, behavioralism is something that people can modify and, and can even hide behind. So make sure that you're checking the temperature of the child's heart. Um, but I, I think it's a good balance. Like once they have a profession of faith, um, it's something that you can ask when there are these hard times, like when Eric, uh, had a hard time and he stole things, that would be something that you can ask, hey, you are professing to be a Christian. What are the fruits here? Is the fruit self-control? Like, you know, and, and it's it's a way to point out, like, there's a balance between not being legalistic, but also pointing out if you have fruit in your life, if you have the fruits of the spirit, you will grow in holiness and not the other way around. An apple tree bears apples. It doesn't bear oranges. So those of us that are Christians will bear godly fruit. And it the fruit is always the way that you can tell if someone's growing in holiness. What is their fruit looking like? And it could be different seasons. It's for me, example, it's patience. For me, for example, right now with my kids, I feel like I have been very short with them. And that's something that I'm constantly confessing to the Lord. And not because I'm short, are, Marcus four, is looking at me you like. You are four foot eight. Four eleven. I'm four eleven people. That's a lie, repent. Um, so it's patience. It's uh something that but I, I want to grow in it. And that's the thing is, is there a desire for you to grow in this? And we we can fast forward a little bit to Eric's testimony when he gets to grace and he he's pulling away from God's people. It could be, you know, your own personal shyness or um, whatever. But the point is, you're not you're not wanting to meet with God's people. And it can be any, it can be a number of reasons, but the devil wants us to be separated from his people. He doesn't want us to meet with everybody. And it, and it's because no one can hold you accountable. No one can be there in your life to breathe truth in your life when you're not meeting with the body. Do not forsake the assembly. Right. As is the habit of some. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that's great. I think with Eric, especially uh, knowing him, uh, quite well for almost almost more like seven years <clears throat> one i think it's kind of funny that he stole stuff like it, <laughs> and, and that's how you know someone's transformed when you can't like, even picture that about them yeah i mean eric is the most like stand-up guy and 
So I'm just even trying to like visually see little Eric stealing something. Like it makes me laugh. It's a candy bar. Yeah. You know, and, but the way of sin, like I, I remember hearing uh, someone's testimony uh, from back at, uh, at Grace, um, someone's kid that we know, when they were talking about their sin, when they were getting baptized, I was just like, man, and she's such a, um, a good, good child. Um, I love, I, I love hearing the weight of sin being put on somebody. Cause, um, and you, you can know. tell who, like when that testimony is fake, you can tell because there is no godly grief in it. Right. They're not mourning over sin. Like the uh, Sermon on the Mount calls us to do. We're supposed to really mourn over the sin and then rejoice the fact that we've been purchased away from that. But yeah, so there is a true godly sorrow in someone's sin life. Uh, and you know, Dante, uh, our oldest, uh, sometimes I see him over little things. And I'm just like, man, when I was a kid, I was so much worse. And uh, so when I hear stories of, oh man, I was such a bad kid. I was such a wicked, wicked soul. I, I cut somebody in line at the DMV, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm so selfish. How proud, you know, my time isn't worth more than other people's time, but you hear that. And it's true. Like, you know, even, even small sin is, is worthy of death eternally because that is how holy our God is. People forget and especially unbelievers don't even understand what the term holy means. But as believers, as people who believe in God's word, holy, 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 that our God is so holy, he can like he's not going to take sin anywhere near like near him. So that's why it was so serious that he sent Christ to die for us. So um, that's any sin. Don't don't think you can skate by and be like, oh, well, I got this little white sin. Just I can get around with that. No, repent. Like especially kids who are pretty good, quote unquote good. Like they're obedient kids. The main thing that we focus on with our kids is your attitude. They're obedient. They're not like mean spirited. But where's your attitude when I ask you to wash the dishes? Where's your attitude when I ask you to take your sister to uh, get her toy with her in the dark when you're tired? Hey, let's not lie, though. AJ, she's the one that will get the toy, and the she boys would. are the ones that want Our daughters and G, <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to Eric's testimony, um, it's funny. When they went to Grace and he was intimidated by Crossroads... Yeah. I remember going there when Marcus dragged me to Grace. I was not saved at the time. And he was like, I don't think this is the right sermon or the right um, worship center. And I was like, how many worship centers do these people need? Oh, you mean when I took you into? Uh, yeah. I was like, there's a bunch of people. There's a pastor. How is this not the right place? Yeah. Because it is like a solid church on its own. And there's it can be intimidating. Uh, one of the things I um, thought of when he said that was he just shied away. But then when he got into Bible study, when he got into that one-on-one, -on -one, and there are lots of you that might be listening that um, go to a big church. But if you don't connect with anybody, if you if you just go once, you know, like one hour a week, that's not being part of the body of Christ. If you're, you're just, not serving. you're not serving. And even if you serve, even if you go and serve and, you know, I'm sure everyone's thankful that you're serving. It's not the um, action. You're, the Lord wants your heart 
not your obedience in in it. Like he wants you to obey, yes, but he he wants your heart more. Like why are you serving at the church? To get to know and serve the people of God. So I'm sure at some point Eric yeah, was him, yes. First and foremost, but yeah, I mean <clears throat> that that's a good point is we we have to be diligent and we can't just expect people to come up to us either. So, so I hear so many people be like, you know what? Nobody's even approached me. I've never even talked to the pastor before. You know, I mean, it's easy for someone like me who's loud and obnoxious, I think, you know, to kind of go up to anybody, you know, because God's put it on my heart and he's gave me the walk I've had. But <clears throat> it's not an excuse. Like being shy is not an excuse to not go up and talk to anybody. Um, so... You know, I, I'd encourage anyone that, that thinks, you know, maybe I'm not in a good church because no one does fellowship with me or I'm, I'm not being asked to serve. Go up to someone and find a way to serve. Every And you don't need it in a an official capacity. What, if you ever ask anybody for a prayer request, there's always a way that you could serve that person, even if it's through prayer. I feel like we often think just because we pray or just because we um, don't do something uh, physical or tangible, that it's not um, it's not helping them. But prayer does so much more than we can imagine, and we're giving all the control to the Lord. That's nothing that we can even take credit for in our minds. You know, uh, pray for that person. Tell that person that you're praying for them and genuinely commit to praying for them. I feel like if I don't pray for that person in the moment, I'm going to forget to pray with them. But I love it when I go to church and I see people praying for each other because I know that, wow, that is powerful. You know, two people are meeting and they're going before the throne of the Lord for one another and it's something that just melts my heart I, I feel like it's it's why we go to church you know it to be part um to be part of the body of christ um and what i liked about eric is it wasn't necessarily a huge group of people because you can get lost at a big church right but it's his bible study that and and this one man that discipled him that really brought him back and then the Lord gave him the gift of marriage uh, in Victoria, and Victoria helped him too. So it's these these people that you invest in. And if you're a mature Christian and you're not investing in um, someone, I would say pray for that opportunity because there's so many uh, lost souls. Uh, pray for that desire for that lost soul. I was talking to um, a sister this week, and I love that she has been convicted that she doesn't love the loss as much as she she should. And and that is um a great prayer that she that she has that she even understands that she doesn't have that heart for the lost. I mean she loves the lost but she doesn't have like a grief for them. Do you grieve for someone who doesn't know the gospel? Cuz when you do, you do want to share the gospel. Yeah, no, you, <clears throat> that that's a mark, and that's definitely a fruit of the spirit is that you grieve and then you care and you you want to help restore, and that's that Galatians six model is that the strong are supposed to help the weak, and and the catch of that is we're all weak, 
So we all have to be looking out for each other. Don't just assume because somebody knows a lot of doctrine, that they know a lot of the church history, that they are strong in that moment. So be diligent, actively looking for ways to pray for people and uh, pray for your leaders, pray for your pastors. Um, you know, they, think about it. All the conversations that they have, people are asking for help. It's not many times where people are like, you know what, pastor? I had the best thing happen and they just keep giving great things. That might happen every once in a while. But, you know, I worked at a church for a while and then I, you know, I know pastors here um, at our church. And most of the stories that they're told, they're, people are in desperate need of help. So um, if you think about your work <clears throat> or you think about your home, and if you have a sad environment all the time, people pleading for help, and um, which is great. People need to do that. But pray for endurance and pray for uh, faithfulness and pray for that supernatural energy to kind of work in that pastor's life because they, they have to listen to pretty hard things consistently. So that's that's that. Um, and then also to go back to your prayer, uh, just praying for people, um, that that's a true representation of trusting God, knowing that God is the one that's going to accomplish it, recognizing that he's the one that will carry through. It's not just our actions. We have to be diligent and hardworking, but know that if something is going to work out, it's because it's in God's will. And pray for that. Pray for his will to be done and pray for people, um, whether it's their financial, you know, I'm, I'm not talking prosperity gospel here. It's like, you know, like I'm not saying if you have faith, things are going to happen. You know, I think God keeps us the way we are for a reason, you know, <laughs> and um, I just think we have to be diligent to pray and recognize who God is. He's the one that provides. He's the creator, sustainer, savior. He's the one that will, um, that, that's moved everything in history right this is everything that's happening is to glorify him and in the end uh, we'll all be bowing down worshiping him singing praises eternally so um yeah so i just think exactly that when you see prayer in the church man what what a what a humble way to show who how you revere god is uh prayer so now getting back to the um you know his testimony, that one person that helped disciple him and walk through him, that is the biblical model of discipleship. Um, faithful people. And and Johnny Mac, he, he said uh, one time in, the ser- in a sermon five years ago, he's probably said it many times, but don't be afraid to go teach somebody something. You know, if you don't know a lot, find someone that knows less than you do and go preach to him. You know, and I remember uh, hearing that and I was I was like, man. That's amazing because you never know what someone's walking. You don't know when God is drawing somebody near. Be faithful to that person and be faithful to the Lord. And don't don't be like, oh, well, if I just study a little bit more, I'm not ready yet. Just know if you know something, once you are saved, you have the revelation that God is who he is and that Jesus Christ in who he is. So find someone that knows less than you do and be faithful to preach the word. If you don't know much, pull out your Bible and start reading out loud. That God's word is what saves. So be faithful to do that. And uh, what what an encouragement it is to hear that somebody did that for Eric. Um, you know, we're thankful to have him as a brother. 
And um, so, yeah, I took that. That was a big part for me as well as just hearing someone's faithfulness to draw near someone. And I, I bet Eric's dad, part, part of it could be like, I've been telling him this for years. That's it. That's the hard part, too, because Eric's dad um, is an elder. And I'm sure he has just poured into his children and um, all these things that he shared that he knows and as parents, uh, it's almost a temptation to be like, dude, I just, I t I've been telling you that for years. And then somebody talks to them maybe once in passing and he's like, man, I, my life has changed. But it goes to show you that it is not for us to save our children. Like it's a blessing when it is us that's able to share the gospel with them and it goes through there. But your work is not in vain. There are seeds there. And, um, you know, whether it's Apollos that uh, plants or Paul or um, but it's ultimately the ultimately the Lord that allows it to blossom. So be faithful, plant those seeds and always because um, Marcus was saying, find someone less than you. And that just uh, I just thought, just make sure it's not a pride issue. Like, oh, I got to find somebody who doesn't know anything. Just always examine your heart and make sure that you're not your your insides are not puffing up. It's it's really easy um, as people, uh, even people who would say that they're very humble, even that is very humble, right? Uh, just always examine your heart and pray, like, please allow us to be doing these things as a motivation to just be glorifying you because it's so easy for us to slip into pride. Um, another thing I liked was that the Lord had to, to like kind of separate Eric from people. Um, he was working a lot. He was, he wasn't, uh, he was new at the church and he wasn't comfortable is what I'm saying. This, these discipling moments, I feel like right before they happen, the Lord really causes discomfort. And if you just relish and idolize comfort so much, it won't happen because even that is sinful, the valuing comfort. Um, it, I mean, it's hard to give up your time and you need to find that balance, especially if you have, uh, you know, a spouse and children of, of prioritizing them as well. But it can't be perfect. You have to sacrifice in order to disciple people. Um, Saturday mornings might not be the best time. It might be five in the morning when, you know, before work. And and you just have to find that. I would just encourage it because if if someone didn't pour into me, I I don't know where I would be in my walk. I know I would be saved because the Lord saved me, but where I would be in my walk is uh, a question mark to me. The Lord knows, obviously, but. All right. Uh, so. Yeah, we're just thankful for this faithfulness and and uh, just that it's not um, like we're all unique in in terms of how we uh, all come, but and it's so encouraging to just hear the saints like from all different paths. So, Kat, I'd love to hear what wisdom that you'd give. Um, kind of leaving this um, to wrap this one up. What wisdom would you leave people with? What you took away from? I would say that what Eric did in his walk where he, the, the Lord kept him um, around godly people, uh, 
bad company really does corrupt good morals. It doesn't save you, but you are in more position to hear the word when you're around good company. Um, Eric said that there are times when he was rebellious as a youth and he had, uh, he could have gone a different way, but even being with his family who were godly people, um, it kept him from that. And our conscience can only take us so far, but it's still there to bridle us. So even though we can't save our children, Awana can't save our children, it, the Lord has used it to bring the word into our life. Um, still stay faithful. We don't know how the Lord is going to save somebody. So be faithful for that person, um, for these people in your life, in your sphere of influence, um, because you don't know really who's who's watching your life as a testimony or who's who you can affect. And I would say that it's unselfish of you to give your time to um, someone who is lost or someone who needs to grow in the faith. If I had met someone like Eric, at Grace, I would think, oh, his dad was an elder. He's good. He probably knows more than I do. And I would never have, you know, I would have been intimidated to talk to him. I would say, oh, he knows everything. But head knowledge isn't heart change. And that's what I, that's my takeaway, is that you still pray for these people that even pastors, like you said before, we don't know where they are currently. They could just be so flooded with prayers that they're starved themselves. Who's pouring into them? You know, I mean, the Lord fills our cup, but we can always pray for these people. We can always... We um, have to. Yes, we can. We have to pray for each other. And we um, we should just be in the body. Uh, Eric just had so much honesty. Uh, that's That's what I loved. And I think that... If he wasn't honest with where he was, he wouldn't be where he is now. Yeah. Without recognizing where you were, it's hard to glorify God to what he has fully done in your life. Um, yeah. I think, and, and again, we intercede for each other, not because people are holier than other people, not because God will hear our prayers instead of somebody else's. Again, um, God answers with uh, yes, no, wait. You know, there's different answers that he has for us. And it's not going to be what you want to hear all the time, but he's working all things for our good since we are his children. So, um, it, you know, I, I think it's so important to keep remembering that that we intercede for each other, not because of our position, not because we're holier than them, but it shows a humble spirit that we are going to God and communicating with him that he is the one that will be uh, accomplishing these things. <clears throat> and, and we have to realize our intercessory prayers aren't more important than any, any one other thing, but there are no other intercessions apart from Christ. Christ is our intercessor. He is the chief priest who shows the sacrifices, and he's the one that communicates to the Father. He's the one that pleads on our behalf. Right, he is the chief priest, so we just have to remember that um, when we pray here on earth for each other, that's not happening. There's no saints in heaven that are. <clears throat> oh man, Catherine, if you just say, "Hey, Tony," 
Pray, uh, please pray for me to God. I enjoy your voices, by the way. Uh, all the voices that you make for. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think, again, that's what people sound like in my head. Um, but, you know, th there's no one else interceding. And we don't need anyone else apart from Christ to intercede for us. But we are to do that for each other. Christ came and humbled himself down to the point of a man, a slave, in the form of a slave, to serve us. <clears throat> we have to serve each other. If we are not, we are not being faithful to what we are called to be. We have to serve. If you are not serving in your church yet, serve. Find a way to serve. Children's ministry always needs, always needs help. Yeah. <laughs> no know. matter how big your church is, no matter like. Look at us at church. Please help us. <laughs> um, and we love our kids and they're great, but please help us. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I love Eric. I think uh, his testimony, again, is something that really um, will be an encouragement to a lot of people. Just knowing that, um, again, like if he, he didn't have to say a lot of the stuff, just say, oh, yeah, I was a sinner and God saved me. But understanding that, I mean, he just confessed some things on there. And I was like, hmm, I didn't know that, you know. And uh, while we're filming even, I just like looked up at him. I was like trying to picture it. I was like, man, that can't be true. But um, we're so thankful for this opportunity to share these stories with you all. Um, please hit subscribe. If you haven't done so already, follow yep. us on our platforms. And again, please consider uh, supporting us on our Patreon account. Um, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, we'd love to keep making these videos and these uh, audio um, podcasts for y'all. So um, if you're interested, uh, please, if you want to help in any other way, like maybe you're like, I don't even have a dollar, but, you know, but if you want to help in any other way you can, please message us. Um, you can email us at info at rootedfamilytree.com as well. So um, thanks for listening. And we are going to be uh, releasing his his bride um, his, uh, testimony here shortly as well. So stay tuned uh, for all the next upcoming episodes. And uh, y'all stay blessed, y'all. Thank you. Oh,